0: Yo everybody, welcome to FL Teams, my name is Dylan Spalding, happy to be along with us here in our preview episode for the USF Spring Game, and there's a lot to get into here with this Spring Game, obviously the USF Bulls kick off the 2023 season technically here starting on Friday night as they will be at home, it'll be the green and white game Uh, Or Yeah, the green and white game here on Friday evening, and it's going to be at Corbett Stadium. So they're back at Corbett Stadium after taking a couple years over at Ray J taking it, which I mean, I think it's better at Corbett. It's a smaller venue. They don't need a big venue for this spring game. They don't need to be playing at Ray J for this game. Good to put it at Corbett Stadium. Good to put it at their soccer facility where the USF soccer men's and women's teams play. So, I'm happy that they decided to pick Corbett Stadium to be the host of this event. Again, it should be a fun one. There's the alumni game. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. Talk a little bit about who will be there. So if you're a fan and wanting to meet some of the you know guys who built this program from the ground up, there are some big names on this list. So we'll go through definitely them for sure. We'll talk about some of this team as well in terms of what this team is going to look like for the spring game. Now, I don't know what they're going to look like, but I'm saying in terms of what are going to be some keys to watch out for for the spring game, I think those are going to be some big keys there, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we'll also talk a little bit and make some early season predictions for our 2023 USF predictions, if you will, in terms of this early predictions before we even have seen the team take a single snap On the football field, so it's going to be a a fun little show. Again, nothing too crazy here as we are just going to be talking mainly about the spring game and maybe get some predictions out there as well. So it's going to be a pretty quiet show in terms of for this episode. But again, I want to appreciate everybody who's listening to us here on FL Teams here on YouTube. And uh, let's get right into it. So I want to kind of kick things off. Let's talk about this alumni game. So they did this last year. And they're bringing a lot of big names. I think if you're a USF fan, this is going to be something that you are going to clamor over because there is just so many big names on this list. And obviously, these are the guys that paved the way to what we are now getting, which is the Alex Golish era. And there's a lot of exciting things happening. I think Alex Golish, compared to Jeff Scott, I think he brings a little bit more energy. I think that's something that Jeff Scott really was lacking was his energy and his I think he had the passion. I think it was there. I just think he didn't show it enough. And I think with Golish kind of being almost a, uh, I wouldn't say a meme, but, you know, being somebody who is very much a a social media presence, if you will, he kind of has that aura to him where, you know, he's somebody where you could see him on social media, like you would see him on Instagram saying something just hilariously funny like he's just that type of person I think you know I think Golish has that personality he brings it out and I think he's gonna be a great fit for this program something that really Jeff Scott really didn't have when he was with this program so I'm really looking forward to seeing what Alex Golish will be able to do for this program moving forward but obviously Every program has its roots, and with this alumni game, there are some big names in this alumni game, and we will get right into them right now. So the green and gold game, this is basically what they're calling it here for the alumni game. There are two teams of about 20 guys, 20, 25 guys, I would say, probably more closer to 25, but they have a great name, a great group of players on both rosters and if you are a again usf fan and you follow this team and you had a player who you watched they're most likely going to be in this whether as a coach or whether as a actual player now there are some nfl guys who will be playing in the actual game itself however that most of the nfl guys who are currently on teams will be coaches or some of them are actually not even going to be playing who are listed as players like quentin flowers He's with the XFL, he's with the Orlando Guardians as of right now, which the Guardians are so bad, they're so terrible. Um, So he will not be playing in this game, but as for the rest of the players on this list... Such as BJ Daniels, Andre Davis, uh, Blake Barnett Another guy who, if for fans who don't remember the Blake Barnett era I remember that very well That was a, a bit of a rough stretch, if you will, with the Barnett era Where we went 6-0 and and then lost the next 6 It was absolutely uh, dreadful those years uh, Towards these last couple of years at least But some interesting players are on this list Again, BJ Daniels as Andre Davis is another big name Obviously he was just a pro bowler not too long ago Again, I mentioned Quinn Flowers, Matt Grothy. Um, We got SJ Green, Mike Jenkins, Mitchell Wilcox is a coach. Marquez Valdez Scantling is going to be here. Um, You got uh, DeArnes Johnson is going to be a coach. Sam Barrington will also be a coach as well. So, a lot of really big names will be here. Again, a lot of guys who were very key contributors for this USF program. And it's going to be fun. I think if you're a fan, I think if you enjoy you know, the fandom of the spring game, which is, you know, being able to watch the players on a free event. It's no cost whatsoever. I think this is such a great thing that USF does to have this alumni game, bring all the guys back, maybe sign some autographs after the game, you know, meet with the fans and and really bring everybody back kind of as a, you know, I think it's a great idea. And obviously, I'm very happy USF has done this last couple of years and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Obviously, I will not be there this week. Unfortunately, you just with scheduling conflicts, just can't make it out to the spring game. Really would love to be there for it because I would love to go and watch the spring game. I've been there only once, but I would really love to go there this year. But I just with scheduling and, and conflicts and other stuff, can't make it to the spring game this year. But it should be a very exciting spring game. Obviously, again, Super Bowl champions are going to be there. You know, I mean, this is, like, the the culmination of the best of the best that the USF program has had to offer. Again, there's some players on here who aren't on here who you may be like, hey, you know, why aren't they on here? You know, you got to commit. This is a big commitment, obviously. I mean, not a big commitment, but for some of these guys, this is. I mean, they're coming from out. Like, I mean, you got a guy like Quinn Flowers. Obviously, he's only in Orlando, but... You know, I mean, you're still with a team at the point right now, and they're in season right now with the XFL. So, you know, kind of kind of difficult for some of these guys, but it's cool to see them be able to participate in this event and and do it. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that they allowed them. Um, but yeah, the spring game on Friday, just to talk a little bit about some of the, again... Um, kind of basics the information game information if you will seven o'clock p.m eastern time start time on friday uh, at corbett stadium they're going to do a uh, pre-game type event if you will uh, which should be very exciting for i think the usf fans will be cool it's like a little fan fest they will be having on friday so that should be exciting to see that again usf will be uh the game will be on ESPN Plus, so if you're planning on watching it, uh, it will be on the ESPN app. So you could go on there and tune in and watch the game. Uh, it's going to be an interesting one, man. There are a lot of interesting storylines coming into this season. Uh, some of the big ones, uh, again, you know, losing a lot of your big names is key. I, I'm interested to see where this team goes moving forward. Forward with a lot of their losses, they lost a lot of big names. Uh, Brett Cecil lost to be a graduation because he's a senior um you know you lose i mean just so many of your big guys from last season um let's take a look here at the stats list here from last season itself i mean you lose Brian Battee to um the what is it called to the portal you lose uh J- Jimmy Horn i mean you lose Xavier we you lose a decent amount of players from that team from last year that were big big pieces Dwayne Boyle's obviously also um, a graduate as well so you're losing some pretty key pieces from this team last year that was really not that good I mean I say this as they weren't bad okay the USF team was not bad last year they were a competitive team last year they put the best product that they possibly can out on the field. And they did actually a very good job at some points during the season. They had some really close games last year. They were probably the the best close team, if you will, if that's the best way to put it. Um, this was a team that you know was very competitive in a lot of games, should have won the Cincinnati game, should have won the Florida game. I mean, there were so many games this team should have won last year that they didn't end up getting the job done in. And, and it's a shame because this was a very interesting team last year and i think a lot of people had a lot of high hopes with jeff scott coming into his third year and with the schedule the way it was, it was we knew it was going to be a very tough schedule, and this year is no different. There's going to be an interesting schedule this year. I would say it's probably in the middle, middle level. I mean, the big one is one of the games in the early part of the season. We'll get into that when we make our predictions here before we wrap up the show today. But, uh, you know, I think it's it's going to be very interesting to see where this team goes with losing a lot of their key pieces. You lose a guy like Dwayne Boyle, so it's really the... Uh, leader of that defense you lose a guy like that but obviously a quarterback you know it's going to be another interesting situation you got bohannon uh, (coughs) excuse me bohannon brown and Katravis marsh really interesting stuff there because you got three guys who all really made cases last year to potentially be the starter i think with a guy like brown he showed so much potential last year He's going to definitely be battling with Marsh. Marsh will be battling with Bohannon. Bohannon, you know, he might think that he's got the job. And, you know, obviously he was a, you know, Sugar Bowl champion with Baylor and a guy who really, you know, dominated when he was at Baylor. And last season even too, he looked really good towards the end of the season last year for this USF team before he went down with that injury against ECU. But, It's going to be interesting. It really will be interesting to see what this team has to offer at the quarterback position because they have three guys who I think we know what they could be, um, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what Marsh, um, Brown, and Bohannon's um, lineup in terms of where they're going to be at in the depth chart is really going to be interesting. As of right now, here's how I would put it. I would put Bohannon, number one. I think you put Bohannon in there. He's your veteran. I think you give him that opportunity. He deserves it to be the veteran. you got to, I think, show that you're the the lead guy. I think you got to give it to Bohannon. I think Bohannon gets it at a camp, in my opinion. Uh, number two is interesting because Marsha Brown could get it. I'm actually going to say Brown gets it. I think Brown has got the more... Uh, He's got a more higher ceiling than Marsh. I think Marsh is still a good quarterback, and I think Marsh is certain. Actually, I think Marsh could go very similar to the Timmy McLean situation where he transfers and possibly goes to another school. I would not be surprised if Marsh ends up doing that. That could be something very possible because, again, Do you want to stick around and have to battle with Brown each year to try to win that starting job? Or do you go and find a school that would give you the opportunity or at least you have a chance to battle your way in to potentially get that starting gig. So I think it's going to be interesting. I think the quarterback position is going to be one of the key pieces. Um, who's going to be that key, that big man who will step up on offense in terms of your key role players, uh, your receiver, your running back? Who's going to step up this year? I think it's going to be another really key, interesting piece here, especially because – You look at this offense, again, we mentioned they lost a lot of guys this year. This was a very tough year in terms of losing some of your big pieces from last season. And, again, this team didn't have a ton of offensive pieces. Like, Brian Battee was a big piece from last year, ends up leaving. Like, not having a guy like Battee is going to be a huge blow for this team because – you know, how many times are you going to be able to get a 1,000-yard rusher each year? I mean, like, batty was the most dominant and most consistent offensive player on our team last year. So it's going to be very interesting to see where this team ends up going in terms of their offensive production, in terms of are they going to focus on the running game, or are they going to focus on the rush, uh, receiving game. I would love to see them try to mix in both. I would love to see them give an uptick in the receiving game because they didn't really do much of that, and I think that they could really do well with their receiving game. I think Bohannon could do well with that, but we'll see. I think it's going to be very interesting to see where this team ends up <clears throat> kind of f- focusing a lot of their offensive production at. I think it's going to be a really interesting thing to check out and, and, and really see here. Um, the next big thing I think too is is going to also be just talking a little bit about the defense. Defense was very, very, very lackluster last year. I think the defense needs to step up this year. And I think they're gonna have opportunities too. They got some teams on the schedule, and we'll look at the schedule here in a little bit before we wrap up this kind of quick episode, obviously, with a spring game. Not really too much to report, obviously. Um excuse me, with um With the defense, the defense is going to be interesting because you look at the defense and you look at some of the numbers from last season's defense, and it was not a great defense last year. We'll just say that much. Only a couple interceptions last year, you know, a couple sacks last season. Jason Vaughn had a nice uh, couple of games for this USF team last year. He was a big defensive player on the line. Um, Dwayne Boyles was obviously just a dominant player last year 113 total tackles last season um you know just something that really is is impressive to to look at and i think defensively it's it's really going to be how does this defense step up um you know you know that this team has options and or opportunities for this team to step up in terms of games i um, mean you look at the schedule and we'll take a, a a quick peek here and they've actually announced some of the uh Special days, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about that as well when we get into this episode. But, um, you know, you got Rice here. You got the Rice game that will be an interesting game, I think, and a good opportunity for this defense to to kind of go to work and stuff. You got Navy, another team that you kind of don't know what they're going to be like. Uh, Temple and then even Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte was literally the like battling. Team that was with us in the bottom part of this NCAA um, rank in terms of the um, uh, the leaderboards, they were literally at the bottom with us last season in, in a lot of categories. So it'll be interesting. I think I think they got some teams that they could you know get do some damage with on defense, and I think this could be a good stepping point opportunity for their defense this year. I think it's going to be very interesting. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what this team has to do. So with that being said, I want to wrap up the show here. And again, this is kind of a quick episode, not too much to talk about. I just kind of want to preview the spring game, talk a little bit about it. Nothing really too crazy here. Talk a little bit about the alumni game, obviously. Um, but I want to get into now the schedule. And I want to make my predictions here. So obviously looking at the schedule, it's an interesting up and down schedule to say the least. <laughs> um, most of the schedule is kind of all over the place. You know, you got some teams who I think are, you you know they're going to be good. You have some teams who are kind of middle tier. You don't really know what you're going to get out of them. And then you got your bottom dwellers. And it's it's a lot more of a balanced schedule this year, I think. Although I do say it's up and down. I think it is more balanced than last year, where it, last year is just heavy hitter. I mean, you look at last year's schedule. I mean, we'll go right into it uh, in 2022. Um, let me pull that up here real quick as i'm trying here um i mean you look at last year's schedule i mean it was byu howard at florida at louisville then they had the east carolina game at fau at cincinnati at home against tulane who was obviously a team that went ended up going to the um to the what is it called the um the cotton bowl and winning it at houston which they were all right they weren't great but they were all right at temple versus smu who were good at Tulsa and at that SMU team, by the way, came off of that ridiculous scoring game last season late in November. Uh, at Tulsa, they were very well, but they were, you know, they they played us very good on that day. And then Central UCF, I mean, they're they're literally one of the best teams last year. So, you know, they did not have an easy schedule last year. They were given the blunt of the uh, the brutalness of the American Athletic Conference. So. This year's schedule I like. I really like this year's schedule. I think it's it suits USF better. I think it suits Alex Golish better in his first year. Get some, you know, reps as a coach, you know, especially early on. You got the Western Kentucky game on the road. I think that's going to be huge. Starting out on the road, you know, in a lot of sports they always say starting out on the road is always a big thing. It builds that bond, that relationship between your players. I think it's going to really help this team a lot. Um, and we'll get into my predictions on if I do think they're going to win or lose these games. So, let's let's uh let's go through the schedule here real quick. So, September 2nd, Saturday, September 2nd is opening day for the Bulls in terms of their home uh in terms of their entire season. For this year, they'll be on the road, obviously as a mentioned, taking on Western Kentucky. Then they'll be home for two weeks, and this is where things get interesting. So the first game, they'll have the Florida a and Rattlers, a FCS school. Uh, don't take Florida a and light, lightly, man. They are a very good program and a well, well-organized program in terms of the FCS level, in terms of HBCU schools, they are very good. And I'm hoping I can maybe cover some of the uh, HBCU games as well in terms of Florida and and Bethune-Cookman for the site. I think those will be really fun to be able to cover, especially because of how much I really do enjoy the HBCU traditions and and, and such like that. So uh, three straight home games, actually, for the month of September. So USF getting most of their home games out early on in the season. At home against Florida and m on September 9th, September 16th is a big game. It's Bama, and I think everybody's going to be super excited about this game. Obviously, this is going to be the big draw game, if you will, in terms of crowd numbers. Probably going to even be more fans at this game than there were even at the Gators game two years ago when the Gators were in town for US against USF. I think it's going to be a big draw. Just wait and see for that game. It's going to be a big draw for that game. Then they got at home against Rice, so a nice little kind of you know good rebound opportunity after, especially after a game where you're playing Alabama, so that's a big rebound op- opportunity there. Um, then they're on the road for two weeks: September 30th uh, at Navy, uh, October 7th at UAB against the now head coached Trent Dilfer UAB, so that'll be interesting to see how Dilfer does in his first season with UAB. The team then comes back home. They'll take on their in-state rival now, which will be their in-state rival, technically speaking, uh, the FAU Owls. that will be homecoming on Saturday, October 14th. We got October 21st on the road. They'll be taking on UConn in a basically American rebirth of that rivalry, if you will. Uh, We've done pretty decent against UConn, uh, but UConn is a team on the rise, so I don't expect well, I shouldn't say that. That could go either way. Uh, then we got at Memphis on November 4th, at home against Temple on November 11th, another Saturday game. The only Friday game on the schedule comes at the end of the season, very similar to last year, where the last like week before the end of the year Uh, at UTSA on a Friday night. That is going to be a very interesting game. Um, Should be on ESPN. Very excited for that one. And then at home against Charlotte, um, November 25th, Saturday, um, versus Charlotte, Again, should be very interesting there. Two teams, bottom dwellers, if you will. We'll see where Charlotte is by that point in the year. We'll see where USF is by that point in the year. Um, And then, obviously, the AAC Championship, which, if we do end up getting there, is December 2nd. So, let's go through the schedule one more time, and we'll uh, make our predictions. So, officially, September 2nd. Again, first game of the season against Western Kentucky. I'm going to give us a loss. I'm going to give us an L here. Um, Obviously... This is one of those tough games to pick here. You kind of don't know what Western Kentucky is. They've always had a relatively solid program. They've always kind of been competitive in years in terms of their program and what they've been able to bring to the table in terms of their football program. I'm going to go with an L, though. I think Goalish this first game, he gets his footing, gets to kind of feel out his team, if you will, um, and, and honestly, he might even do that against Florida and m as well, but I think they should win the Florida and m game, which will go in our second game, so I am going to say they will win Florida A&M, so 1-1 one one is your uh, record here heading into week three, the big game, Alabama. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with a loss here. Uh, as much as it would be insane if the USF beats Bama and, obviously, Alex Golish with a little bit of Bama history. Obviously, Tennessee beating Bama last year in uh, Knoxville, which was big, and, obviously, Golish was a part of that Tennessee coaching staff, which where he came from. So, Bama, obviously, that would be a huge win if we could beat them. That would be the biggest win in program history for sure, um, especially for what Bama has been able to build under Nick Saban. And that'll be, obviously, Nick Saban's first time to leave in Tampa. So very interesting game here. I'm going to go with a loss. So um, I think that's got to be a loss. I, I don't see USF possibly winning at all. Um, I could see them, though, definitely battling. I do think they could technically battle like they did against Florida in the Swamp. I mean, if they could do that against Florida in the Swamp, I think they could probably do that against Bama. So, I mean, it, obviously, two completely different teams on two completely different spectrums. But, I mean, we'll see. I think it'll be interesting to see how that game ends up coming out. But I am going to go with a loss there, so I'm going to put them at 1-2 on the season. Then they come back home. They play Rice. I think this is a good rebound game. Rice is not a very powerful team. Um, I am gonna go with a win here, so I'm gonna put the USF Bulls at two and two on the season. So good start. Obviously, you already got you got your first F- FBS win, which is something that we couldn't do last year. Which was, I mean, yeah, I don't even want to talk about that. So good start to the year, two and two. That's solid. I think you you got to be happy about a two and two start to the year, especially for how the last couple of years have gone under Jeff Scott uh, at Navy. I'm going to go with another win, three and two. I think that's solid. You're on a little bit of a streak now, and now here comes UAB. UAB's always had a really good program. I think UAB will end up beating um, USF here in this game. They go three and three, especially if it's since it's in Birmingham. I'm going to go three and three here in that game, and I'm going to take um, US or I'm going to take USF to lose against Trent Dilbert's squad. I, I don't know what Trent Dilfer is going to be like, and I think that's one of the key things here is is Trent Dilfer isn't really getting embraced or isn't you know fully grasping the collegiate level, which I mean I think he can I think he, I mean he's coached high school at least, but we'll see. I'm interested to see what Trent Dilfer is able to do at UAB. It's either going to be downhill completely, or it's going to be a pretty decent season from the uh, Dragons, the UAB Dragons there. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. So I got him at 3-3 three and three right now, USF, which is, again, solid start. It's still your bowl eligible potentially here coming up. Uh, versus FAU, I will give us a loss in that game. 3-4, and four. Tom Herman is a great head coach. I think he comes in. I think he does change the culture of FAU, and with FAU especially, building off with their athletic program for basketball, I do think that FAU beats USF, although I do think at USF could beat FAU, I think Tom Herman's is a very good head coach, and I think he gets the job done against USF on the road, at UConn, another loss, I got to go another loss, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, another loss against UConn, um, yeah, I'm going to go 3-5 and five here, I think UConn, does end up beating us. UConn's a team on the rise. They looked really good in the independents last year. They beat a couple teams as well. I do think we will lose to UConn, and I'm going to put us at 3-5. and five. So 3-5, and five, last four games in the year. So this will be interesting. At Memphis, can we get bowl eligible? We need three out of these four to get bowl eligible. I'm going to say we beat Memphis. I think we beat Memphis on the road. I'm going to give us 4-5. and 4-5 and five. versus Temple. 5-5. Five and five. I think we do beat Temple finally after last year's debacle. Um, I do think we're going to beat Temple, um, and I do think we beat Memphis. So we're on a little bit of a street now. Now we get to the heavy hitter. UTSA is going to be a really good head coach team. Jeff Trailer is a fantastic head coach. I give so much props to him and what he's been able to accomplish at UTSA and building that program from the ground up, basically, um, and rebuilding it. And he's done a fabulous job over there at UTSA in San Antonio. Very happy to see his performance there. Very tough game here. I want to go with the upset just for the fun of it, um, and UTSA is a very good program, and Drift Trailer is a very good head coach. I'm going to go UTSA beating us, which puts us at 5-6, and six, which means now we need to beat Charlotte, and I think we beat Charlotte. I think we go 6-6 six and six this year. I think we get bowl eligible and probably get put into some sort of... Early bowl game, most likely. I do think we'll go six and six this year. I think we are going to be bowl eligible. I think that's very plausible with uh, Bohannon coming back, hopefully fully healthy. Obviously, that's going to be the key. Is if one of our quarterbacks comes back, which one is going to be fully healthy and ready to go? That'll be a big key. So very interesting. I'm I'm going to say six and six. I think is probably the best right now where I'm going to put them at. I think they could go under very much. So I mean, it's very easy. They could lose to teams like Memphis and. Uh, you know, lose to potentially Rice even, um, which I I don't even want to say that, but I mean I I do think they should take a risk at least against Temple, Charlotte, and probably Navy, and maybe again maybe Rice. I don't know what Rice's program is completely going to look like this year, but those are going to be kind of what I have in terms of where I do believe USF will sit. So I think 6-6, six six, I think will be a, a pretty safe bet in terms of where this team will be sitting at by the end of this year. So again, bull eligible. That's not too bad or shabby at all. So anyways, guys, that will do it here for this episode. We do appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to me. Ramble on about this USF program. Very excited for the upcoming season. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, stay tuned for more content. Peace out, guys. See you.